It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Said it's a vibe. vibe. Cutie Pock doing our thing. Yes, we thrive. thrive. Kristen and Lamika, your faves. Yes, we live. live. Keep bringing you greatness because we're on overdrive. Overdrive. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Said it's a vibe. vibe. Safe for society here. Yes, y'all. It's, it's season five. episode 34 of the safe word society podcast this is your host Kristen, and my pronouns are she her hers and boss lady and i am here with the gold goddess that hair oh gold goddess you i like, like that? that name okay that's good <laughs> um i'm lamika my pronouns are she her hers and so are Kristen. she didn't say her pronouns in school i did you did oh I you swear you i said de- she heard but you just, only heard boss i only lady. heard boss that's lady that's fine <laughs> That's fine. That's how that's supposed to go. Good job. Oh, my God. We are here with some wonderful people. Yes. Who will tell us who they are at this moment. Oh, good morning. My name is Marcus Borton, and he, they pronouns. Hey, my name is Charlie Trotman, and I'm Vacation Charlie. My pronouns are he and they. Yes. So we have a new format. Lamika, <laughs> tell us about it. All right. So our format as you all know from our previous episode, we are getting into our visibility pack. And so we have two, we have a sex educator and a sexpert here today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, yeah, I need these gems. Let me sit questions. up. You got, your, you got your pen ready? I got some questions. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Notes we got to get into work. this because I need, Lord knows I need some tips. All right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to deal specifically from the sex and intimacy category today because our visibility pack has several categories to tailor to your conversation needs. So we're going to be dealing with from that category today. What we'll do is we'll have the questions. We'll go around. You'll select a question. You can decide if you want to direct it to one person in in particular or if you want to pose it to the group. group. Yes. So before we start, let's just get some background from each of you. A little introduction. Tell us about yourselves. So I'm vacation.charlie. Um, I am a lot of things. So I'm an educator, um, self-ordained sex expert. Um, I do workshops. I'm a healer. Yes. I'm a healer. Um, I'm definitely like a lover in all the senses of the word. I'm definitely like super body positive and sex positive. Um, I'm an activist. Um, I'm an organizer. Um, we gonna keep going. I'm a fucking unicorn. I'm a fucking experience. So here we are. Yes. <laughs> yes okay. That's the version of it. Wait, but can I can I ask a question? Sure. What's that lipstick? What's that this color? This lipstick is um, Kat Von D's, uh, the black one. I, I can't remember love the name that. Of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I try my best. I do my thing. Because Rihanna keep running out I of her this. shit. Listen, like. I'm sorry, we need to have a little. You're going to have to teach me how to, to get on this level of I do my uh, thing. I'm a unicorn. A, a I'm, an ex- I'm an experience. Because it's really hard to explain myself a lot of times. So I'm like, yo, I'm a fucking experience. Like, yes, that's enjoy. all the explanation you need. Mm, get with it or not. Okay. <laughs> all right, dimples. Let's get into these dimples yeah, over here. Um, and sunglasses. I, and sunglasses. <laughs> Celebs all the way. All right, Marcus, come through. Um, No, I don't. I want to kind of say samesies, just like, I'm all those things, too. No, Marcus, um, primarily sex educator, black writer, and a cultural worker, like the three uh, things that I go by. What's a cultural worker? Uh, So cultural work for me is kind of like sociology, anthropology, that type of work. I feel like I... uh, Pattern myself in a lineage like Zorno Hurston or mm-hmm. um, Stuart Hall, who was um, 
he worked in culture and media studies. It was like a, a huge like black uh, British scholar in like cultural work. So um, even as recently as last year, I uncovered a local holiday in Philadelphia for um, a local black gay man who passed to AIDS complications in the 80s named Joseph Beam. So just like going into libraries. Wait, and that's museums. amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we last year we had the first annual Joe Beam Day. Um, it was a holiday on the books written by former Mayor Wilson Good in 1993. And that's you, amazing. Yeah, so stuff stuff <laughs> stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's really cool. Stuff like that. Yeah. Small things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just you know, pioneer holidays for <laughs> black people. Every day. Black queer Everything. people. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm so I'm always so impressed by the experience. I love it. I feel like I just keep, you know, just another season of learning all the things. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm ready. Are I'm, you, I'm ready to learn what we about to learn today. Listen, I'm ready to play this game. Can we get into it? Who we going to start with? So do we remember the rules? Okay, so you, respect is paramount mm-hmm. and compassion. And you can choose a question and pose it to an individual or the group, but you can't pose anything to an individual more than twice. Ah, mm. that's the part I didn't say. Okay. And also, oh. this is a judgment-free zone. I just want to say that. Let okay. go. Judgment-free all the way. Judgment-free. Do you Sorry. believe sex is a prerequisite for commitment? Could you be in a long-term relationship without it? Who are you posing it to? The group. I don't think it's a prerequisite to commitment or no shit like that. That's weird. Because um, I, I, I think, like... There's a lot of different reasons why people have sex with one another. Like, it could be they fucking because they fucking because they fucking. Or, um, <laughs> or like, oh, I'm bored and I just needed some, so here we are. Um, but it definitely isn't, like, a prerequisite prerequisite for um, a commitment or anything. But, like, if I'm going to be in a long-term relationship for myself, we got to be fucking. Can I ask why? Um, well, I just, I know how I like my pleasure. Right. And so I know myself enough to be like, okay, I know that I'm not gonna be most comfortable in a relationship mm-hmm. where we're not having sex a, a few times a month yeah right like other people it's like oh i don't need to have sex at all or i i, I need to have sex once for the month and that's it and that's right. cool like but for myself i know that i, I want to have sex and that's how i receive like intimacy and, and love and joy in my relationship what about you, Marcus? I feel like I always have so much um, different conversations with people about expanding the definition of relationships. So a lot of times when people hear relationship, they automatically think like romantic. But I guess for the question, that's what we're talking about. I would like to theoretically say no. I don't know that that's been my experience. I know that it it could happen. Um, yeah, and I feel like I am in very like intimate blossoming relationships with people literally right now where it's like very long-term strong friendship and um you know like we haven't had sex but maybe tentatively we will one day but we're definitely in like a beautiful Mm long-term relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah so yeah i feel like it it could exist without sex yeah Yeah. i I mean i think for me I'm gonna have to, I don't know. I think personally from I'm pretty sure that is possible. I think for me though, that is something that's important, like you said, Charlie, for intimacy for me. So I don't think that for long term I would need to like I would need to know that we have a thing right. that I can like yearn for. Right. I need that. That's something that I need. Yeah. I mean sex is a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. A lot more than people make it to be, but yeah. I'm like with that being said, the reason also why I said it's not really, like, a prerequisite for, like, um, commitment is because, like, 
what if you got the setup where you got a fuck buddy and y'all really just friends who fuck? Like, yeah. that's yeah. the thing, right? But also, like, what if, you know, the sex was great, but you also don't want to mess up your friendship? Mm-hmm. That is, there's that, right? Like, and, and things happen. Um, and also, like, you could have a really good sex partner, but, like, y'all are not compatible in a mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Um, and I think being nuanced in that way and knowing that that's possible, the possibilities of what, like, sex can mean and a relationship can mean, like, says a lot of a lot more than just saying, like, oh, se- we had sex, now we're together. Yeah. No, or we're supposed to be together, right? Like, yeah. you can have bomb sex with somebody and that's it. Yeah, and Boom. mine is related to, like, sex trauma. So I can't just have sex with anyone right like especially if we're gonna do long term there needs to be like a certain level of respect i have to get myself to a place of being comfortable enough to be explorative and all that stuff so i don't know that's like i have to trust you in that way so yes we need to be doing it yeah um doing it i can't believe i said doing doing it and doing (laughs) it and doing it well is that what we're going with that (laughs) very well Um, very well right um i do for me, think that sex is a prerequisite for commitment because I, as Charlie and Kristen both said, I require that as an expression of intimacy. And so my love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. So I do need sex that touch in order to feel comfortable to commit. However, I think it comes, it can come further down the line for me I don't have to have sex with someone to decide that I'm that they are someone right. I could commit to. Right. Like I might meet someone or be in a situation with someone and say, "Wow, I could see myself committing to someone," and and decide that before actually having a sexual encounter with them. Because I feel like sometimes what happens is we get in this thing where we're looking for a spark or looking for chemistry, mm-hmm. like right off the bat before you even know anything about the person. Um, and I mean, if you're trying, if that's what you're trying to smash off, off, like off the bat, then that's cool. But if you are trying to be in a committed thing, you don't have to, I don't think that you are, you have to automatically feel sexual energy with someone and right away. And as that being a determinant for whether or not that is possible later on down the line. Um, so yeah, I think it's a prerequisite, but it's not something I need to know, um, right off the gate. Right. Um, people just also don't know how to have sex with each other. If you're a stranger and I don't know you, I don't know what you like. Yeah. I can't just assume that what I like is what you right. like. Yeah. So we and don't just automatically have a, like, that doesn't happen for everyone. Yeah, it that's doesn't like happen for everyone. That's like a real common misconception. Like, yeah. oh, because we didn't have good sex the first time, it's because you're bad at sex or I'm bad at sex. No, yeah, maybe right. we just don't, don't know how to have sex with yeah. each other yet. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's some thing. communication. Is that a thing? That's right. a thing. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, I mean, I think people normally think that, like, oh, that happens in, like, cis-het relationships. And it's like, no, like, queer relationships, too, where people are just like, oh, I'm queer, you're queer, you must like the same shit I like. And it's like, that's not a true thing. That's not a real thing. And I think that, like, um, sex with people definitely tells a lot about the relationship and it tells a lot about the two folks. And that's the thing is, like, if you don't already have that in your mind, then it's really, really hard to know what the fuck is happening. Mm -hmm. It could be that y'all just don't know each other like that and therefore, like, we've made assumptions about each other, et cetera, et cetera. We haven't had the consent and boundaries conversation that people like to avoid because it's awkward, quote-unquote. 
Um, but I think that it is really important to like one know you have to like really dig into yourself when you are having sex with people. That is like the number one note. But then on top of that, it's about like how do I tell the difference between like we are not sexually compatible and like we just don't know each other, right? right. Like and people be like, oh, this person was whack, and it's like were they whack or were y'all not like really vibing in that moment with something else going on? Like mm. or maybe just not open to really having a conversation because. Right. It's really amazing the worlds that can open up when you actually start to talk yes. about sex. Talk yes. about it. Like, really talk about people it. People be real scared. And like, <laughs> what you, did you just ask me? Yeah. But people Ew, want those decisions to, <laughs> to just be made, like, right. by os- osmosis. It's like, we can open our mouths and actually talk about what it is that and we, we like and what we don't sexy. like. And yeah. it makes talk it sexier. It. it makes it sexier. Talk about it. Like, it makes it a whole lot sexier. Like, is this okay? Yeah, do you right. like the oh actually no. I do. Right. Yeah, you I'm asking. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, go ahead. No, feel um, free to chime in. Okay, yeah. I'm beautifully <laughs> arriving to a space where well, I feel like I've been at this space where like more adamantly like opening up conversations, especially I feel like a lot of like cis gay world, you know, like hookup apps and you know, a lot of guys think is that exactly what you were just saying, like, oh, I sent you some pictures, you sent me some pictures, that's supposed to be attraction or that automatically means that we're compatible or like, you know, I have this sex role, you have that sex role, like right. we're compatible. Right. And, you know, like really getting into conversations like, are you looking for now? Are you looking for a relationship? Are you trying to date? Or even in terms of the sex, like, do you have different kinks and fetishes? Do you have hard limits? Do you know what you're, um, just like what's, what's what? What do you enjoy? What's pleasure for you? Um, and it's very interesting how some people, there's a lot of like coded language that people mm-hmm. use all the time. And so I feel coded. like I'm always, speaking of cultural work, I've been, this is one project I've been working on for a couple years now, just like getting people to like sparse out certain words, specifically freak. Like freak is really big and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. black Ooh, and like black, not only black queer, but yeah, like in these spaces or like I'm a freak to just like say I'm into this thing that may be taboo or this thing that, oh. it, you know isn't vanilla necessarily um you know and then like if you sparse that out for that person it's like oh i like being choked you know and not to say that that's not Mm -hmm. freaky but for that person that's what that's what it is so yeah it is definitely um for me to make healthy decisions or just yeah um I have a beautifully, again, arrived to a place where I'm just like, oh, I don't think we're compatible or um, or even, you know, sometimes it's like right now, right now, right now. It's just like I'm busy right now or I have a job. You have a job, hopefully, you know, oh, like. Or, <laughs> <laughs> no, if you don't, are, are you working on something? Yeah. Are you free at a later a later time? Or I think like in, specifically in terms of like uh, apps and stuff like that, people can sometimes be like right now mm, all the time. It's right at like, this very moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, not right now, but Friday at three o'clock <laughs> you know yeah. then we can have a moment early. so but yeah I'm really I'm like resting on this could you be in a, a long term relationship without it thing though cause I'm I mean I think in the context of monogamy no but if I am entertaining the idea of having multiple partners I could see myself having a long term relationship that doesn't include sex but than potentially having another partner that does. Like, I need it to come from somewhere. Yeah. But I could potentially have... I never even thought <laughs> about this for myself, but I could potentially have more than one partner and have one not include 
sex at all. In my uh, sex as healing workshop, this is always something when we talk about, as far, or even if we not like, it's not part of the workshop technically, but I know it's going to come up. But this is always part of the conversation. Is like, how do you talk about boundaries and what works for you and consent? without making it awkward but it's like you just talk about it and if you can't if you feel like consistently outside of the awkwardness of it like if you consistently feel unsafe or insecure about talking to your partner about sex like something else is wrong here Mm -hmm. because that's a like you're talking about your body you're Mm -hmm. talking about your pleasure and what feels good to you and what might feel good to them and if that's like a hard thing for y'all to discuss at any point whether it's like oh this is the beginning or the middle or like we've been together for five years like something is wrong and there are people who have been in relationships for years and do not feel comfortable talking to their partners about sex and I'm like that says a lot about y'all relationship because if you can't talk about your body and you're like what feels good then what the hell else do y'all uncomfortable talking Talking about about. Mm -hmm. like all right Marcus what's next do you use toys as part of your sexual experience why or why not like to the group. It works. Yeah. I have, but I think that I'm like, I've just gotten into a, a relationship where I'm like very sexually comfortable mm-hmm. and willing to be more open. There's a lot more trust there. There's a lot more communication. It's just, there's just so much partnership. Right. So now, I mean, I'm ready to do all things. Okay. But yeah. before, it's kind of been like, you know, eh, I don't really trust that you, like, respect me enough to to understand, like, I'm, like, I don't want this anymore. I don't know. I was, there's just been, like, trust issues outside of the physical part. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, as someone yeah. who, like, suffers from trauma in that way, I just can't openly, you know. And then I felt bad because I'm like, oh, well, if that's something they want. But, no, I need to respect myself. But yeah, now I'm fine. like. You know, I'm all open and whatever. Mm-hmm. Here. You're like, I'll do that. I'll try it. You know, like, whatever. It's cool. I trust you. Okay. Yeah, I use, I mean, I use toys all the time because one queer person, but also, like, I don't know. I don't like toys by myself. I'd be like, I know what to do. I'm just going to call it a day. That's whack. Because um, I'm, I'm a mind person. I'm, yeah. I'm all in the mind, like, Fuck my head up. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so sex toys are great all the time. Straps are wonderful. Dildos are great. All the vibrations. <laughs> Why? <laughs> heavy on the fucking like magic wand. I was just about to ask <laughs> magic that. Magic wand is Wait, like. I was just about shit. to ask that. The levels on that shit are my just from God. like zero to. About thousand real quick. You were like, oh, this is cute. Oh my God, I'm coming. <laughs> it's happening right wait, now. Wait, 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 wait. So, is the magic wand the one that looks like a massager? Yeah. Yes. Because they that's actually what it is. They do. That's exactly it's a what it is. It's a, like a Many a person massager. has figured out that it has another purpose. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, it should have been made for that purpose in the first place. It right, probably like, was. Who's using that for their back? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. It's like this is weird. You you in Bed Bath and Beyond, and you know nobody's buying that. I worked in Bed Bath and Beyond when they got that shit and put it in the aisle. My God, all of us were like, "Bitch, you know what this is? <laughs> feel this shit, feel this shit." Now imagine, <laughs> like imagine it right there. Great. No, I love going into sex shops, and I do enjoy sex toys. Um, so the beautiful part of like where the cultural work meets the sex educator for me, um, 
Yeah, I really think a lot about just like price points in some of these mm. places. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say it's like the World Health Organization. They have this definition definition of sexual health that includes like people's economics and but just like people's right to pleasure. And I think a lot about how um, queer and trans people of color are economically disenfranchised in this mm-hmm. country. We don't necessarily um, always have the money and the resources to buy certain toys or, you know, I was in a sex shop probably, you know, last night. <laughs> two, like two weeks <laughs> yeah, ago, seriously. Um, it was like two weeks ago and literally it was just like an elastic band of like that goes around like underwear and it had to be like $27 um, especially like jock straps and something like that yeah. it's just like if there's a name on it it's Andrew Christian like oh $50 it's like it's a string <laughs> <laughs> like you literally got a string and put your name on yeah, it yeah and then you know and there and you'll see the girls on, on the beach this summer like oh girl like what this is Andrew Christian it's like okay um <laughs> Okay, you have money for that because twenty-seven dollars is a meal. Yeah, two meals, two meals, yeah, (laughs) and a drink. 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 On (laughs) what you eat? Um, I think also in terms of like the U.S., I recently learned in a um sex toy presentation I went through is that in the U.S. we have unfortunately one of the only unregulated. Um, sex toy industry so I feel like it's been really important for me for myself but then for other people to just become aware around you know if you're buying sex toys like really again uh, communication like having asking questions like what is this made out of what materials am I putting Mm -hmm. in my body going to different sex shops because there's like um, I live in Philly currently, so there's like six, seven different sex shops. So um, I can go in with someone and be like, "Oh no, girl, you can get that." <laughs> very, very auntie, oh like, "Girl, God. there's Are a sell on that." Personal <laughs> buyer, wait, personal sex toy shopping. shopping. Yeah, that's amazing. I could, wait. I could do that for people. That's I feel so like good. <laughs> Would you do I've it later? Th- I've never thought of that <laughs> before, but I could. That's a really good idea. Because I'm, be com- like a, I'm a, very a comfortable going in these spaces. Like a people. buyer, you yeah. can be a buyer. Yeah. Oh and people God, have really so much shame thing. about going, I know. going into, just like going into the spaces. I I've love, never thought of that before. People don't like talking about self-pleasure. That shit is hard for folks. But I'm like, that's. I think it's it's part of our conditioning, but I think especially like black people and queer people and tra- like and yeah. trans people, yeah. like mm-hmm. what makes you feel good, it's not really what we talk about on a regular basis. Like that's important to know. Like sex education. Oh my God. Why? Um, sex education is not like a thing and I think that goes into when we talk about like education in the US it definitely is not something that we're talking we include in the conversation is sex ed Um, I think because people limit it to like kind of cishet and heteronormative conversation of like oh this is what makes like men and women feel good because they are having sex with each other and it's like okay so who gonna teach me how to eat pussy and like (laughs) how to do that safely and like who's gonna Mm -hmm. teach me how um what lubricant goes with what like condom that's a thing that even for people like we're not talking about but like it's very they just want to show you those jarring pictures of right. STDs right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that try to scare it's you like, to abstinence this is what would happen if you had sex with somebody <laughs> I will like never this. forget like, that and so when I was in 7th grade yeah, a picture grade. of <laughs> something that looked like broccoli came up on the screen and she didn't yeah. say anything she just left it there she turned off the presentation and she said, This is what happens if you have sex before marriage. Oh, no. oh my God. That's the worst of mine. Oh my God. I was like, What? What? What is that? 
I was like, oh, nah. You was like, it sounds like I shouldn't have sex at <laughs> but all. But also, like, what am oh, I about nah. to, I'm 12, what am I about to do with these fiery loins? Now? <laughs> right, like, I might I mean, not even touch myself because oh that my might be considered sex. No. I was like, oh, hell no. Uh, all right, um, do I, I use sex here. toys? I do. Um, I think that I am very green when it comes to the whole sexual experience for me in general. Um, well, sexual experiences. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I have used some toys. There are toys that I would like to use that I have yet to use. And I'm just, like, accepting that, like, not having shame about the fact that I'm the age I, I'm in and I'm, like, a novice with a lot of things. Mm. And, like, having accepted that, now I was like, okay, so now it's time to play. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Go play. you play as a grown-ass woman. Because yes. who's going to say you don't got to worry about what time you come home? Who's coming in anywhere? Exactly. This is perfect. I know now it's a good time because be it's the trauma, like yeah, healing, healing from shame, yeah. Yeah. like a lot of shame, yeah. so much shame and guilt and feelings, like you know, internalized all types of stuff around it. But like getting getting out of that, it's like okay, so it's time. Right. So, yeah. The question is, uh, what is your understanding of kink? <laughs> I'd get the question because I'm kinky as fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. What is your um, I think definition of kink uh, or my understanding of kink is like something that might normally in society's eyes be considered taboo or make someone question like why you would like some shit like that. Um, I think the like when we talk about pleasure and the, the conversation kind of leaning more towards something that could be considered silly or like funny. Or even, like, something that could be considered, like, painful and harmful. Um, and how that can be transformed by way of the individual and what they like. And that being, like, their pleasure point, right? The thing that can be considered really painful is their pleasure point. The thing that's, like, really silly and, like, what? Also a, a point of pleasure for folks. So I understand it as being, like, a point of pleasure that normally might not be considered a point of pleasure for folks. Mm. So. Well, my... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty well versed. Um, I um, practice. Right? <laughs> you're a kink they're, practitioner. They're, they're, yeah, no, yeah, there's like yeah. kinksters, king king press practitioners. Yeah. Um, now for for a few years now, so I feel like I'm definitely strongly novice. Um, and I feel like just with sex in general, there's always something to learn. Life, life, but mm-hmm. definitely sex in relationships. There's always something to learn. There's always a way that I could like be better at my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So, <laughs> I, yeah, so it's never yeah. this thing. Um, no, I just wanted to say to you, Lamika, about, you know, it's not about like, not necessarily that you were saying comparison, but comparison or being on this level, just like being where you are and like mm-hmm. honoring your um, your struggle, your process, and and what you're doing, but yeah, I'm. I think beautifully, my freedom uh, or like giving myself permission to explore kink deeper. Not to say unfortunately, but um, six years ago, um, I was diagnosed as HIV positive, and immediately my my response to just myself, but then like the first year specifically, I remember feeling just like very uncomfortable in my body, very a lot of stigma, especially like medical stigma of mm-hmm. doctors mm-hmm. and different professionals kind of just like, you shouldn't be having sex at all or like having sex is the reason why you're here. Um, what? And, yeah, Don't yes. have sex at all. Sometimes when I tell... I'm so sorry to hear yeah, yeah, I'm very sorry. Yeah, when I talk about the experiences within, within the medical industry, people are like, doctors say that to people? It's just like, yeah, doctors say that, say that to people. Um, but beautifully, 
I think because so much of, one, me being a sex educator myself, but like so much of it being about fluid exchange. So Mm -hmm. it became this thing of like how, and not that kink has to only be that, but it's just like, Mm -hmm. how can I engage someone else that doesn't necessarily have to be penetration, that doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be fluid exchange? Like what are other ways of engaging or stimulating, arousing the body um, that aren't, yeah, just like solely penetration of where we're used to off the top of like engaging with each other. Just very quickly, the CDC, they're called DEBI, so it's like Data Effective Based Interventions. Um, so there's like these interventions that they have for like newly uh, diagnosed POS folks, and it's called Healthy Relationships. And at the end of it, they have this game essentially where they make this continuum of like behaviors. And but unfortunately, it, this this kind of stigma of like, so you all did these high risk behaviors, and that's why you're here now. So like, oh what you know? But they make this uh, continuum, and you're supposed to put up like low risk, medium risk, high risk of like certain behaviors, or just in terms of exposure. And I guess like a lot of it has to do with this feeling of like failed sex education, and that's why you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So now we have to kind of like retrain you to go out into the population to not infect folks. Um, and I would always ask, because um, I went through training, so I'm certified in, uh, to facilitate healthy relationships specifically, um, about the continuum and, like, what if we use some of the other, especially the low-risk stuff, to say, like, these are, to give people options. Like, these right. are things that you can do to mm-hmm. someone low-risk or um, even if you're going to engage in the high-risk. Again, like, how do you breach these conversations mm-hmm. um, to possibly enjoy them in a certain type of way? Um, yeah, and I feel like a lot of the medium to low-risk things gave me a vocabulary and just, mm-hmm. like, really in, in terms of communication, just, like, um, so, yeah, kink has beautifully opened up my sexual vocabulary, ways that I can, like, engage other people, um, respect my boundaries, respect their boundaries, keep them um, not only around disease, but, you know, keep keep us all safe. Um, but then, yeah, also just, like, have fun. So it's um, – I'm seeing that there's a lot of need for, like, kink sex education mm-hmm. specifically yeah. because very I'm specifically. feeling – Yeah, I feel like a lot of younger folks are very just, like – I'm 18. I'm a sub. <laughs> I know. That's not how that works. Yeah, and I'm like, what are your what are your hard limits? They're like, I don't have any. I'm just like, okay, baby, okay. like you don't yeah. you think that's cute, but you gonna meet the one. They gonna set you on fire. Literally, <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna be ready. Yeah, so like you know, get you should. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm just that type of person in general. And then like as a sex educator, so like I do go into spaces and try to make myself more versed on something before I'm just like out here doing something. Um, I used to live in the Bay in, in San Francisco. There's this one bathhouse that they would have um, like rope tying classes or just like bring in different like uh, BDSM masters who specialize in a specific type of kink or a specific type of practice. So uh, randomly all of the classes that I would end up in were like rope tying courses. But, you know, there's like a gamut and, you know, and it really um, showed me that this is this is a subject, this is a practice, mm-hmm. this is, you know, I think a lot of times people, again, just with, with sex, they think that it's just like haphazard, it's this thing that happens, oh, yeah. but, you know, yeah. beautifully there is, um, the sex educator, cultural worker, there is a history to a lot of different things, there's... Um, that must be so good to know, though, like, I don't think a lot of people know those things. Mm-hmm. I also think that my understanding of kink is comes from a little bit of what you're saying, Marcus, because I, to me, it just feels like it, an amplification of intimacy because then you are, like, forced 
to know the thing, like to get deeper yeah. about what someone likes, yeah. what you, you like, like, and it like forces you to come to terms with like, right. okay, this is something that I I never considered, but like I like this. Yeah. This is, so I think it. I my understanding of it is that it's like a, a practice that amplifies intimacy. Yeah. With yeah. yourself and other people. Strangely enough, people think that kink means no boundaries. It's lots of boundaries. <laughs> That's <laughs> my of, understanding lots of, of boundaries. it. Um, and I think people think that, like, like y'all said, like, Asian people being like, I'm a sub now. It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. There's a whole thing that goes into that. And even, like, older folks, regardless of, like, age, people are still thinking, like, like a dom has one set of power and then the sub has another set of power. And it's actually, like, the sub has all the power, right? And both people have to know where their limits are. Mm -hmm. Soft, hard, um, what does consent really look like and feel like to them? Um, And and it's very much built on a relationship. You're not just going to walk in a room and be like, you, (laughs) we're going to do things and that's it. And especially for folks who have experienced trauma um, on a multiple uh, levels, it's definitely something that you got to think about really intensely. Um, And it forces you to think about it. It forces you to think about like, what is happening for me and what can happen for me and come up in this moment that I might not just automatically think about. My understanding, my primary understanding is around boundaries and consent um, and creating spaces to have no judgment around what people enjoy um, as long as the activities are consensual. That's my understanding of it. I've had experiences where initially you think you're uncomfortable with something and then it happens, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is my jam. Do that again. I love that. I love that experience. Right. I think that that is, like, so, so, like, powerful and just, like, getting that, getting connected to your body in that way. But, yeah, my primary understanding of it is around the boundaries and consent and creating space to explore idiosyncratic pleasures. Yeah. Go off with that, yeah. I wanted to piggyback on what uh, Charlie was saying because I have a friend who works as a dominatrix, and (laughs) she, she, I love this. One day we were talking, she was just like, "This ain't no quick grits." In terms of we were talking about (laughs) kink, kink, and just like um, DS or like dom sub relationships, and how there are people who think like, "Oh, we're going to be one time, and we're going to have again the 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 conversation Mm -hmm. that we've been having. We're going to have this amazing connection. You're going to tie me up, or we're going to do this." And it's just like. No, like we need to sit down, we need to talk or, you know, there's, there's, I think a lot of times the same way with just like queer and trans relationships in general, like kink relationships, people um, delegitimize them or they don't see them as Mm -hmm. relationships or it's like, you know, you tentatively aren't going to marry that person or there isn't love and Mm -hmm. trust and all those things. And again, like I find there's deeper or, or at least for me, there can be like Mm -hmm. deeper because tentatively it's like. I could break your wrist. I, you know, something could happen to me. Um, depending on, you know, if you're just doing like choking someone or like breath play, that that type of stuff. It's like tentatively, you could die. I could die. You know, so like there's a level of it's that bond, danger <laughs> <Like, a laughs> bond. I must trust you. It's real. Like trust is yeah. a real thing. Aftercare is a real thing. Yes. Like people think like after you have sex with somebody, especially like a kinky situation, like you don't need care. And it's like no, that's that's really weird. Let me know it's real when you yeah. care about me after right like how do you care care so much (laughs) Um, that shit is wild like you literally like somebody's 
sometimes it is a matter of your literal life being in somebody else's hands. <laughs> like, you can't just be like, oh, chug me, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> Let go. What's the safe word? <laughs> All right. What does sex positivity mean to you? I pose that to the group. I, I think that it, it is somewhat abused, the phrase sex positivity, mm-hmm. in the sense that it has come to mean somewhat of what you referenced, Marcus, about I'm 18 and I'm a sub. Kind of like this idea that... Um, if you're if you're someone where anything goes, that's sex positive. Mm, and right. I think that, you know, that is the case, but that could be what that looks like for that particular person. Mm. Um, I think the the idea is to not have shame around, you know, what what sex looks like for different people, but it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. Right. Because I think that, you know, there is some judgment that comes with how people relate to sex. Like for me, for instance, I like I said, I describe myself as somewhat of a novice. Um, and I think the idea that, first of all, by virtue of my zodiac, right, I'm a Scorpio, so everybody Damn. associates me with with high sex drive and all these things, which I'm cool with. <laughs> but, like, then the assumption comes that, you know, I have all this experience and, like, mm. oh, I want to be having sex all the time. Mm. And, like, just being, I think it's important to be careful about, like, sex positivity not as this ex- this not as synonymous with promiscuity mm. um but just as being not have not shaming someone or having judgment about what someone's specific sexual uh identity is mm. so that's what it is for me agreed yeah, I appreciate your answer because I it was like two months ago I had a conversation about sexual liberation and um I was saying that yeah, I think that it's about knowing yourself and knowing your pleasure, knowing the things that you enjoy, because there are a lot of people I've had experiences where I've worked in clinical spaces doing testing or just like working um, a lot of like HIV um, medical spaces and seeing you've come in and conflate kind of like hypersexuality or a lack of boundaries mm-hmm. with like liberation and just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had sex with a tree, girl. You ain't had sex with a tree, girl. Right. You ain't you ain't free like I am. And it's right. just like, yeah. again, it's not, yeah. Yeah. it's not a competition, right. you know. Right. Um, and also I think that there, you can meet someone who always as a child, like always wanted to grow up and get married, always right. wanted to be in like a committed relationship where maybe they have um, you know, just like more quote unquote vanilla sex. Um, and there's people who are like, oh, y'all are boring or, y'all, you right. know, it's just like, well, that's mm-hmm. that's what I like. Right. I think, again, at the root, it should be about respect. Um, as a sex educator, normally when there's like ground rules set, one that's really popular is like, don't yuck my yum, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, if this is, you know, they normally say like ice cream, but it's like, if someone says that they like butter pecan, I'll be like, ew, I don't like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's not for you not yeah. to like, because that's what that person's yum is. Um, and a step that I've been taking is kind of like getting to a place of yumming someone else's yum, because I feel like mm-hmm. there's this way where people feel like, um, 
that discloses something about them. If someone's like, oh, I'm into sex toys and they're not. If I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, you know, get your life. Go have, you know, go get you uh, the magic wand. <laughs> you know, that is this endorsement that you're into that as well. But, you know, I feel like it's it's beautiful to be able to, like, affirm other people in their experience mm-hmm. and recognize, mm-hmm. like, we have different experiences. Right. We have different love styles. You may be poly. You may be monogamous, long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't have to degrade your relationship because, mm-hmm. yeah, and I find sometimes in more alternative spaces there can be not necessarily like this reverse power system but you know like kinky folks who are, who are not necessarily vanilla shaming but just like oh you're not as mm-hmm. out there as I mm-hmm. am not or like I like that. to think yeah. I am mm-hmm. you know and again there should be able to be this you know not to say that there, there definitely isn't taboo and cultural shame onto kink or BDSM or people who are um, in what's not considered traditional uh love styles or romantic styles, but, you know, uh, I feel like conversely, you know, being able to have respect where it's not like poly yeah. people coming at people who do enjoy monogamy, there mm-hmm. should be able to be a mutual respect. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I think what keeps coming up in my mind is like, it normally is a question of like what, when, we talk, when we're talking about like sexual liberation and sex positivity, I think about healing. And it's like, yes. I'm, if I'm not going to be mad at how you heal, then I also can't be mad at like what you consider like good for you, yes. right? Um, what feels good to you, because that's what I think it is. I think uh, sex positivity is very much a healing aspect where it might be for someone just being able to say like, this is what I like. Boom, right? Mm-hmm. And they still monogamous and they still got this one partner for a long time and they still don't like sex toys like that or whatever the case may be or they haven't had sex with a lot of people. Like All of those things are always going to be, um, for me, connected to how you heal um, and how you see yourself healing in every moment, every day. And so like, mm-hmm. sex positivity for me is definitely like yumming somebody else's yum. I might not like it, but that the fact that you like it and you get pleasure from that, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Right? Like that's always like people t- in my workshop people are normally like I don't understand how this became like a community care. You mentioned community care. I'm like, because like, imagine like your friend is telling you something that they like. And instead of you saying like, dad, go ahead and get that shit. You like, oh, you like that? What's wrong with you? Oh, mm-hmm. I would never do no, like, I had nobody ask you what you would do. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. I just tried to shit. Like, it's really good to like big yourself up and big your friends up and big other people yeah. up for like doing what feels good to them. Cause mm-hmm. we don't always get to do what feels good to us. Yeah. So like anything that feels good, whether I like it or not. And also matter of fact, just be curious about it. If you don't like it, it instead of being like, ugh, ask, why do you like that? Or where did that come from? And what is that like for you? Like, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother thing because then that opens your mind up. Yep. People get into like talking about kink, and like things like spanking and pe- oh you like that what's wrong with you what happened to you and it's like I just like it like but they be the, the same thing. ones hello <laughs> be like hello slap that get their ass slapped and be like mm. be the first one to bend the fuck over be like okay same, so the same ones right but it's like but that's even even more reason why I say like ask about yes. why somebody likes something because a lot of the things that we like are very much based on sensation yep. and then the feeling as opposed to like the feeling and then the sensation mm-hmm. right and so I think it's always important to like think about that when you think about sex positivity is like how does this heal you like how does sex heal you and how does sex heal someone else Yes. Right. Uh, whatever it looks like. I think um, for me personally, sex positivity is literally about making sex a positive thing because I feel like if you have considered sex in a negative sense for a very long mm-hmm. time, it is a very difficult thing to see that as an activity that you want to just choose, especially right. when you didn't just choose it in the first place. Right. Um, so for me, 
I think personally, it's really about like turning it into a something that is an experience that you are enjoying as opposed to a duty or something you feel like right. you right. owe someone yeah. or um and I think like for me, you know, I had a really crazy childhood and then sex work and it becomes like, okay, this is not like I don't want to do this shit for fun. Like this reminds me of survival. Yeah. And I'm and I don't feel like I'm just having a fun activity. I don't this feels like work or I'm triggered. Mm-hmm. But so sex positivity, like yes, all of those things, affirming other people and doing all of that and just why I think for me watching other people enjoy talking about sex mm-hmm. or listening to people talk about how much fun they yeah. have or how they connect to people in that. That is how I learned sex positivity cuz I'm like, oh wow, people really just out here like having sex for fun and I'm like struggling to have sex with a partner cuz I'm like uh yeah, yeah I don't I don't really this feels like a job like you want it every right. day it feels like you are expecting it like right. I want to be able to just say like now nah, I'm tired that shouldn't end our relationship right, yeah. right. so like coming to a place where it's a a positive choice mm-hmm. you enjoy it it feels good you know, and like healing. I yeah. really, Charlie. I really like that. Yeah, that's thinking real. about it as healing. That's real. That's sex so. That really did something to me. So <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. When have you ever used safe words? Safe words are important for me. Sexual trauma and like the kind of sex I like. So. Yeah. Aside from this actual podcast <laughs> being called the Safer <laughs> Society, mm-hmm. I have never used safe words that's ever. Right. Not because I'm so limitless, yeah. but just because I haven't been yeah. in situations where they were required. Yeah, that's real. Um, okay, so technically I haven't used them, but they're in place. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're <laughs> no, I have like a, a primary partner, that we, so we have them in place. I feel like if I asked him what my safe word was, he would he wouldn't know because we haven't used them technically mm-hmm. yet but they're they're in place <laughs> <laughs> if we needed if we needed to I had somebody say that to me the other day it was like babe we never use you never what's your safe you, you we got a safe way right and I'm like yeah and they was like you never say it and I was like I ain't had to <laughs> <laughs> I ain't had to say it I mean but if you want me to say it I can say it if you want yeah no I've, I mean I've never haven't gotten to that level of life mm-hmm. yet I'm gonna come up with some cute ones though yeah. I wonder if I will. What hmm. what would you say so for screaming a unicorn? <laughs> I have no idea. Is there like a a formula for safe words? Well, safe word is going to be probably something that you wouldn't normally say during sex. Oh. Yes, that is supposed to be especially like not like no or stop or yeah. something like that okay. because you know there's people who get off on no or stop. Yeah. Okay. Um um like mine's dragon That's fruit. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, mine is orange. <laughs> That, who's who the fuck? I'm not gonna say orange or anything. Oh, okay, so it's like a ra- it's like a random thing, something yeah. that's clearly like yeah, like Kevin Hart said pineapples. Yeah, <laughs> what's up with pineapples. the fruit theme? <laughs> I don't think I would use fruit because I like fruit. Okay, and I wouldn't want to associate it with right. something that means stop. But I also wouldn't want to like introduce something that I don't like into my sexual experience. Scream out monkeys, call it a day. <laughs> Monkey! That's cute. I like that. <laughs> I'm taking that. Jungle Jim. Uh, 
You, you, so you don't have one? I'm about to make a whole ass list. Make yeah. a list. <laughs> I'm like literally going to make a whole list. Glitter. Yes, now yes, that I'm like, glitter. now that I, I understand. I like glitter. That could be like a pause word. <laughs> a pause word? Wait. Like if you want to just pause. It's yeah. not like stop, like we're not going to continue. Yeah. But like hold on a I second. Need a I need to catch my breath. <laughs> okay, so like a pause word too. Okay. Does that come with like that hand movement or not? <laughs> no, Is that extra? I would do it. It's I like love glitter. Like, this I feels so it. good. I just need a moment. Like, <laughs> oh, I make a whole list. This okay. cute. Yeah, coming back to the safe word with some pauses. Right? Oh. Who gave you your first talk about the do's and don'ts of sex? If no one, how did you learn them? <laughs> I learned quite a bit from Zane. As a wow. Yeah. <laughs> you Skyscraper, just nervous. So far back. <laughs> I did. I did that. I just I learned a lot of shit. Like I learned oh, quite a bit. Addicted by was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Listen. Uh, the first one I read, I Listen. was like, oh my God, I'm in eighth grade and I know what to do with this book. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably why people thought I was a sex expert when I was young. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think that's where I, that's where I learned a lot of do's and don'ts, and then like in conversation and just like listening to other people's experiences of like I don't think I like that shit, or I kind of like that shit, or what does this look like for me? That was my like way of learning do's and don'ts. But um, I already kind of knew like if somebody doesn't want to do something, one it's the responsibility of both the people, the person listening, but also the person who's gonna say it. Um, so I just kind of was like, that's my basis of like, if there is not a consensual thing going on here, then that's just a don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like a do is whatever makes y'all feel good, whatever that looks like. But like the don't always is going to be like if people don't want to do that. Like if they like, oh, yeah, you want to explore that thing, but not right now, then it's a don't. It's a don't. We're not doing it. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. Mm. Now let's try it and see what happens. No, if I don't, if I'm not even open to trying it, we're not, we're not done. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, for me, was my mother. Last semester, I started a grad school program that um, Erica Hart, who was here. Yes, right? Erica. <laughs> you, Erica. Erica went through the program. I, I entered it. I mean, I wrote this essay about my mother being my first sex educator. And I remember one of our first conversations, like toddler age, about just like private parts and kind of just like consent and like not letting people um, touch you in certain places. And if they do, come tell us. And then I'll never forget, I was never the child like, like, mom, where do babies come from? But, like, at five, she was just like, it's time. <laughs> She's just yeah, like, my mother, too. Sw- yeah. I was like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm five. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, swooped down on me, was kind of just like, had me in her lab, miracle of life, like, the vagina, penis, <laughs> sperm, and this is where baby. And I, I was just like, what is this? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ask um, to learn this. And then I remember um, she had worked. She had worked at, like, a child care pediatrician or, like, a, an assistance office, like a WIC office, something like that. Um, so pre-teens, I remember her being very just, like, puberty, puberty. You know, you're about to start puberty. Oh, puberty. Like, everything. Was, and it was just like, okay, mom. But And I – it was one of those things, like, when it's happening and you're a child and you're like, oh, I feel coddled or I feel so, right. like, whatever. But, like, as an adult, I'm like, wow, I really appreciate, um, especially, like, in the essay that I wrote, like, those are my first conversations. Um, and I always say that, like, I grew up in a house that was, like, open about sex but closed about sexuality um, mm. because my parents are ministers. <laughs> so oh. we, that's a whole other podcast we can talk about. But, yeah, so my mom, it was always very much, like, um, even, like, the language my parents would use growing up, it was always, like, making love. It was never, like, 
you know, or like fucking right, or anything right. like that. It was just like, when you get married to your wife, so that was the closed off. Like, oh, when you okay. get married to your wife and you start making love to have a child. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Within this confine. Exactly. Like, you know, like vaginal sex only to yeah. have a child. Like, I'm seven. I don't know about that. But yeah, those were <laughs> those, those were the first conversations. Yeah. So my mom, for sure. Oh my God, swoop! Talk about swoop down. Yeah. Like walking to kindergarten, my mother's like, "So this is where babies come from." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> no, what are we talking about?" Yeah. Like, but then I remember being the one in school where everybody would be like, "Oh, what's this?" And I'd be like, "Well, <laughs> my mother <Mama> said." <laughs> um, but I feel like. I feel like that conversation, though, is very different from learning the do's and don'ts mm-hmm. of sex. Like, okay. And mm-hmm. I don't think that I've actually had that conversation hmm. um, with anyone. I think that just in the process of having sex with different people, it's kind of been like trial and error. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I've never been unsafe in any of those situations. Um, but I think, first of all, like, just having like a baseline discomfort with sex like just like repeat you know doing it uh continuously um learning okay like this is not what I like this is what this person likes so I'm gonna try you know I'm gonna try some shit based off of like what feels good to me but primarily like some kind of uh obligation or work as you put it Kristen like okay I don't really know if I really enjoy this, but this is how I'm supposed to present in this situation. And then, like, having that experience over and over again and then being like, okay, like, just along my own personal growth journey, being able to, like, really be more in tune with what I like and what I don't like. Um, But I think that 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 whole process has been, like, some real serious trial and error. Um, And uh, I think my most, my, my current girlfriend is, probably the first person where I've really had conversations Uh about like you know what we like what we don't like Um, which is I think kind of crazy like to be 30 I think yeah to be 33 and like first stop judging yourself now no I mean no I'm I'm not judging myself I'm just saying like we have a culture where Mm -hmm. it's very common to not have just have conversations about what to do and don't do in yeah. sex. Yeah. Um, and, like, we're basing it off of, like, porn and, like, movies mm-hmm. and, like, what people say and, like, just piecing things together. Yeah, definitely. Um, but really not having conversations. Um, yeah. And so that's totally my experience. And music. Because my uh, experience uh, as, music, that's a, as another. a Jamaican child, yeah, I was about to say everything was a Wind do. it up. But there's, <laughs> but there's, like, no such thing as a don't. Right. So no don't. You don't say no. No. So listening to, I mean, that is where my conversations ever came from. Yeah. So I, I almost had no like inkling of what's a don't because you're a woman and these are men and I mean you're there you to do breathe, whatever they want. Do whatever, like you know, they're the people. So everything is a do, which is so unfortunate because then you actually have to learn around like. No, I don't actually, that's not something I like, but I don't like, but that's not what you say to these men. That's not like how that works. You are there specifically to be a sexual object for men. Yeah. Every single song says it. Like, it's like that. The culture is like that. You watch the older people be like that. Mm -hmm. The way men in Jamaican culture talk about 
women, that's what you are there for. You go to right. a party so that men can look at you and like all of that shit. Ugh. So that's essentially mm-hmm. yeah. what I grew up listening to. And I'm just like, all right, so, you know, everything I do, I need to be sexy so these men see me because mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to get a man. And like, and then you guys so do then when you realize want. you don't actually want a man, right. how exactly do yeah, you attract you say, the person that you yeah. or the person that you want? Because mm-hmm. then it's like, how exactly do women attract each other? If, like, that's not how that's supposed yeah. to go. Right. So, I mean, that's where that conversation came from. And then the broccoli thing on the screen. Yeah. I yeah. definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. two things. Two things that I was just, like, sitting here with with literally everything y'all are saying. Uh, first thing was I didn't have the birds and the bees conversation because my mom, my family is Trinidadian. Mm. And so... She said, I look like a fucking me to you. I said, oh, okay. I just wanted to know why we didn't have that conversation. I just wanted to know. Uh, I was like, okay, you're not a B, but this is what people are talking about. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to know why we didn't have this conversation. But, like, then even going back to what Marcus said about, like, it was very much in the – when we did talk about sex in general, it was about making love and, like, it being, like, this special person. My first time having sex was just, like – I'm curious. Let's try this out. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, but it definitely went back to like, oh, this is the first time. I think my first, like my partner right now is the first time that I've had somebody not even just like ask me what I wanted and what felt good to me, but like very specifically ask me if I wanted to have sex. And then if I said no, it was just like, okay. And I was like, wow, you're not mad at me? Like, you're not mad? Or, like, I can I give you head? Like, that's the thing. Can I finger day. you? Can I, <laughs> like, can we have, do you want to have sex today? And I was like, this is really nice. I, I really like Also, I didn't act. want to, but now that you've asked. Right, like, now that you <laughs> asked me, I really want to do it. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, no, right? That's and he'll real. be like, okay. And if I'm like, especially with questions of, like, oh, I'm tired. He's like, okay. That's fine. Would you like to still have sex or do you want to go to sleep and then wake up and have sex? Like, what do you, yeah. I have options. And I was like, oh, look at all these options yes. as opposed to it being like this strained conversation of like, when should I ask? Ask all the time. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to be sexy because you've asked me and you're giving me agency over my body again. Like, you're giving me, is sexy. Like, it's a buy in. It's like, hey, do you want to do yes. this? Sure. I was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about hey, but if you want to get started, like, Yes. Feel free or literally want to give me head, like, that conversation ugh. because I still like fall into that. It's my like, you know, you're with a person, you're in you you've committed to a relationship with them. So of course you're supposed to like do that thing. Right. So Say I that. always fall into that sometimes. And you know, you and especially if you're like sleeping in the same bed with a person, mm-hmm. you're almost like if you are falling into that, you're like, Okay, well, are you like this is supposed to happen because uh, girl, it's been like a couple days, even though I'm tired as hell. So I was mm-hmm. like, um, is it weird that we're like not having sex this week? And she was like, are you, I mean, is something, are you tired? And I was like, yeah, I'm exhausted. And she's like, babe, it's literally fine. Like, right. that is absolutely fine. Yeah. Go to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, you're not mad. <laughs> she's yeah. Like, she's like, no, I'm not mad. I mean, we have amazing sex when we do have amazing sex, but like, you're not obligated to do right. that. Yeah, it's not a choice. That resonates with me so and much. And I was Kristen. like, "Wait, what? Okay, well, I'm tired." And she's like, "Okay, babe, go to sleep." Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's "Oh, like I care about." I was your like, health. "Now I can go close. Now I can close my eyes." Because I was just laying there, like, "Am I supposed?" 
supposed to yeah, like. I feel like this is supposed to have. It's midnight. Yeah. You know, same bed. This is the time. We're, right. we're, we're both, both like. To do we're this. both awake. Yeah. So am I supposed to like? Girl. She's like, babe, go to sleep. I right. like that's the word. Okay. It's the first time I've ever experienced <laughs> that. Like, and in that like super intentional right. way. It's so intentional, and I was like. Oh shit! This does kind of turn me on. Wait until I wake up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. So and it makes you feel so respected. Like, yes. wow. You also see that I'm busy as hell, and like right. you respect that I'm like busy and doing stuff, and you right. want me to get my rest. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit's sexy. Wait until Hello? wait wait until I'm rested. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you wait. You wait. You just wait. That's what it is. You're doing a good thing right now. Right. Watch what I do to you when I wake up. Um. <laughs> In terms of the do's and those, I wanted to also say, so yeah, because I feel like that was a different conversation from the ones I had with my parents. Um, just like there's a lot of sexual ignorance that is masked as education mm-hmm. or or even what you were saying about songs. It happened, I was in the, last time I was in a club, Missy's um, One Minute Man came on mm-hmm. and I had this visceral memory of being a child and hearing that song and like the, the messages I got and me just like 12 like I don't want to be a one man man I need to like make sure that I like my stamina yeah like how how am I working on these things Um, and even beautifully I've been asked um, it should be happening in the next couple weeks but I'm supposed to be sitting on a panel um, teaching parents or giving them advice about like how to talk to their children about consent or reach conversations about sex and something Um, again the cultural work because I love pop culture media so much um, I've been thinking a lot about, one, how to use it to teach children about sex and consent and intimacy and all these things that we're discussing, but then also kind of how to have media literacy because mm-hmm. there's always going to be a new song that comes mm-hmm. out that's like, choke, bust it wide open. You know, do this, do that, and how to, yeah, how to hear. exactly wide open. Exactly. Get all up in my gut. There's that one lyric that still, like, drives me crazy. It's from that Wild Thoughts. It's from Wild Thoughts. And Bryson Tiller says the thing about, like, cream, like, something cremation. Okay. Oh, um. What is that line? fuck. I don't know. It's related to death, and I was like, I don't. Yes. I don't think you want. And it's I don't, crazy because I'm like, kill it. Ugh, oh. kill it? And yeah, it's like, always yes. like, let me like. It's something about like basically killing it. Like, yes, like cr- something about no. I'm a, I'm that. Don't sound something cremation. I was like, no, don't do it. Like, I need you to ask first before you kill it. Yeah, somebody might want. Somebody might want to kill it after. Can you revive it after? Is the question. Don't just kill it. Oh, it's um. Wait, oh what is God. it? Hold on, hold on, exactly hold on. About. I have to find it because it, it makes me cringe every single time. I stopped listening to this song. I love Rihanna. But oh. No, yeah, every, everyone always like, like skips that part. That was like, I can't. I stopped listening to it for that very reason. Fuck you till you're Sorry, burned Rihanna. out cremation. Fuck right. you till you're burned out yes. <laughs> cremation. <laughs> so, That's not oh, sexy. Yeah. I was, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Ooh, first of all, like I don't want to hear That's where the aftercare comes from, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you got to be kinky for it. Like, take care of this shit after you're done, okay? Hello. It's all about the care after. You just going to burn it out back. and leave it? Bouquet. Okay, just, okay. just sex <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's like how, yeah. not only children, but adults, like adults. How, how are we uh, raising media literacy so that people can see different images on television and say, 
okay, like that's that's television, that's this thing that's been created, or this is this song, this is entertainment, mm-hmm. but like I shouldn't do this, or you know, to be able to have those conversations. Even like last year, I don't know if you all saw Girls Trip, but there's the yeah. one scene where they have the, the grapefruiting, and there were like so many videos that came up from sex educators just like, don't grapefruit, like this burn? is wouldn't that burn? Yeah, they were I saying that like the some burn. of the juice could get inside. I mean, of, it's um, a grapefruit. Yeah, I feel like that juice burns your eyeball. It could right. get inside of someone's urethra. It, you put it in your throat, and then there's something else in your throat. <laughs> That's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. This is a bad idea. <laughs> but people will see this movie like, and again, oh like, like, not oh, have. Tonight. No. But the crazy thing is people will see the movie and see what happened to the dude in the movie and, and still, still try, try it. it. Yeah. I mean, if you like being burned like that, they, yeah. they could do it better. Yeah. Hurt your, you will like, hurt I'm yourself. not Jada. Jada just didn't have what, <laughs> what I got. She ain't been doing <laughs> she, it like okay. me. Right. What she should have did was, no, <laughs> do not do that. What you should have did was left it on breakfast right. table. Left it there. Just get your gag reflex together. You are right. Here we go to my fruit, right. fruit and sex again. <laughs> yeah, what's up? It's, well, it's juicy. People, juicy, juicy. Okay. <laughs> Krista, I feel like you need to do this question. I love when it comes from you. What? About retrospect. Oh, I was going to attempt oh it, but it has to come from you. It's oh. time. It's time. <sighs> okay, so, you know, we do this question about your childhood you okay. and some advice but we're going to do this one around sex education so we cool. just kind of closed it up with the question about who gave you the do's and don't birds and bees talk so what would you tell your younger self about openness and consent and flexibility as an adult i think i i i'd tell myself very much what we kind of actually kind of talked about earlier is that you don't have to be like sexual liberation doesn't mean being big and bold it means whatever feels best to you i feel like i've always been very open people know me to be like painfully open um and honest and very like open about the things that i like and what works for me but that came with a lot of trial and error and watching other people and so like if I decide to walk outside but but naked, like now it's more of I just felt like I looked really, really attractive in this way and I wanted to like look like this and present my myself to the world this way as opposed to, well, this is what um, sexually open people do and this is what they look like. Um, and also finding myself to be sexy in a, in like and sexy doesn't mean like exposure and how much you're exposed to people and how much you tell them um, and the the limitlessness of it all. It's definitely more about like what is the thing that makes you feel like best and sexiest and most good and most healed and most cared for. Because I think even when we talk about sex, we don't talk about what feels like where's the care, right? Yeah. And and people forget that there's care that comes with that. So if you're gonna beat it up, you better care for the shit after, right? Like mm-hmm. if you even with the cuddling, like where's the care, where's the respect, and that being part of the conversation. Um, and knowing that those must they must be part of the conversation as opposed to it being like, oh, we could do that, but more so if we're talking about a relationship as opposed to like, I need you to respect me even if we, this is a one-night stand, I'm just meeting you for this one moment in time. That still be part of the conversation and like knowing that there's fluidity in every relationship and in every experience. Um, that's definitely what I tell myself. Definitely like first like it's okay to give yourself permission to own your desires to feel your desires to own your desires it's okay to see yourself as yourself if, if that makes sense I think um, even like my most recent uh, Instagram name and I guess like the way I've been using my Instagram recently so it's called like post no gaze and I've been doing a lot of thought about how I intentively definitely a lot of women films and maybe more um, cishet but 
are we live in this world where we're taught to or kind of similar similarly to what you were saying like how my being attractive for a man, how am I being what a man wants, how, you know, and a lot of the do's and don'ts I remember first getting as a teen were a lot about, like, you need to perform masculinity in a certain type of way or you need to appeal this certain type of way because that's all that boys like. And then also this, like, kind of like mad dash, like you need to get a man right now or, like, always have a man because if you don't get one, there's, like, this expiration date mm. and then, like, no one's going to want to be with you and then, like, you know, it's all it's always, like, you don't want to be the old queen at the bar. No one wants to be the old queen at the bar. Mm. It's okay to take your time. It's okay to honor yourself. I wish that I... Or not necessarily other people told me, but yeah, just, like, you, you're beautiful. You have a beautiful body. Mm. Um, your beauty... What am I trying to say? Like, it's yours, so it's not about it being validated mm-hmm. or, like, mm-hmm. if if That's boys real. or whomever is saying, like, they're saying that they don't like you because of how your body look or how you carry yourself or whatever. Like, as long as you, um, like, like yourself first and then in terms of, again, like, your desires and the sex that you want to have or that you are having, like, really... Um, it's okay to just like affirm yourself and give yourself space to say like you know I'm I'm doing this. I think when I was um, younger, a lot of it was like me doing different things, and then me kind of like going to elders like, is this right? And then uh-huh. if they were like, no, that's not right. You know, I, I have one elder beautifully, um, but you know, he was always very much like, I see you as like the type of person who's just in like long term monogamous relationships, and I felt like so much of how. I was performing my sexuality as a younger person was about um, these ideas that people have of me or even me trying to like actively create this reputation of like, I'm this type of person, you know, Mm -hmm. because of an awareness of, of shame or guilt or things that could come out if people found out like, oh, Marcus practices kink or like Marcus maybe doesn't want to get married. Yeah. You know, um, or even, yeah. Or I don't feel like I have to have those moments, but um, having to, normalize it in a certain type of way because people do have certain misconceptions. Um, so, yeah, and I don't know. Have have fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just forbid, be right? Yeah. Everyone deserves pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. That is the other number one thing. Yes. Everyone yeah. deserves pleasure. I don't care yeah. what your body looked like. I don't care what you did in the past, how many people you had sex with. Mm. You deserve pleasure. Every yes. person. I don't care if you got one leg, two legs. I don't care what you got. Yes. Everybody deserves pleasure, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that I had to unlearn actively. So, yeah. yes, yeah. and I would say especially queer and trans people of color deserve pleasure. Pleasure. I think I would tell myself uh, that I have choice in the matter mm-hmm. um, because my first sexual experience was an early childhood one and was an unwanted one, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of set the tone for me to have a lot of shame and like just like a feeling of like filth and disgust in my own body very early. Um, and so the unlearning that would have had that I would have liked to have happen for me is for me to know that I have a voice and I have a choice of what kinds of situations I, I want to be in sexually. Um, and also um, just that it's okay. It's okay to experience pleasure mm-hmm. um, because with those, you know, not non-consensual experiences you can experience pleasure and then you have guilt about that Mm -hmm. and so you know just reconfiguring what sex is as you know something that can be positive and something where i have agency i would have loved Mm -hmm. to be able to do that for myself at a early age yeah Mm -hmm. um i think that 
I would have told my younger self that, again, like around sexual trauma and all that stuff, that sex doesn't actually have to be your most valuable form of currency. Mm. Like, it is not, that's <laughs> not necessary. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times when that happens, you or people tend to feel like that is, like, that's the most expensive part of mm-hmm. you yeah. when, and worthless at the same time. And then mm-hmm. you start using that as a way to, like, barter. Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you give me a little bit of care, then, like, you can have my body. Right. How so, I yeah, I think I would I would tell my younger self Hell that, yeah. like, yeah. there are other, like, people need to need to earn you, and it doesn't have to be your body. You literally right. don't have to give that. Yeah. At any point. Mm-hmm. At any point, yeah. Oh, you Ooh. bought me a meal? Still not fucking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I Still have not. a voice. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. There's more value. Yeah. There's more value. Oh, wow. I feel very healed. No, this is a great conversation. Very healing. Thank y'all oh, both for thank sharing. Thank you so much. Coming. You, have to, tell, you have to tell the people where to find you. Oh, y'all can find me on Instagram, vacation.charlie. Um, that's where you can follow me. I'm also on, uh, I have my own page. So my website is vacationcharlie.com. So please go there if you're trying to book me for a workshop, guided meditations. I do intuitive readings. So yeah, I do psychic work. So that's a thing. Um, yeah. Nice. So that's where you can find me for things. My main Instagram is called postmailgaze. Um, I recently started a project called Black Boy Soar, which is around. Um, Using pole dance to heal from sexual trauma, or just like dance in general, but I free pole dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it just got off the ground, but I just did an interview last week, and so I'm excited to do more work and um, not only in the the wave of Me Too, but um, there definitely was a lot of critique about Mm -hmm. it. Just the way that rape was framed is only like a cis man yeah. with a cis woman, and you know. So I've been having White. a lot of conversation. Yeah, that it, it could be any one of gender of any gender identity as an attacker and or a uh-huh. victim or survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely doing work, but especially for young men, male identifying, masculine of center about consent. You know, because I feel like there's a there's a lack of conversation that can happen mm-hmm. with. Um, our communities or um, specifically I feel like for a lot of like child sexual assault there's a lot of conversation I see all the time where boys are taught to just be like oh this is good this is a good thing that happened and Mm. even just like getting them to a place to frame it as like sexual assault or um, but yeah and then just like yeah they're, they're there's that. Um, there's a last one too. It's called In Search of My Father's Gardens which is another project <laughs> that I'm working on about like Men and food. It's some. It's some writing stuff. So I don't know. It's 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 coming together this year. So, yes. yes. But we can we can follow both those projects on Post all, Mail Gaze. All, all three. Yeah. So if you go to Post Mail Gaze, the other two, you can now link like other. Yes. In your bio. In your bio. So, <laughs> yeah. So Oh, Amazing. this was great. Thank you so much for coming. Thank I feel like we've had such a good conversation. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having us, y'all. No, of course. Bye. Bye. This is Kristen. And this is Lamika. And you've just listened to another episode of the, the Safe Word Society, Society Podcast. You can hear more of us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and much more. For updates, follow us on social media at Safe Word Society and visit our website at www.safewordsociety.com. Also, make sure you pay it safe and become a Safe Word Society patron in order to fund this show. Thank, Thank you for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye.